Somebody had lived on it once. Somebody had floated down the river on it. Two little boys were fishing for catfish from the deck. They were the sons of her neighbor, Lawyer Osgood. Hi, Mrs. Parkinson, they cried, and she waved to them as she went by. At supper that night, she apologized for the asparagus. They're a little small, she said, being so early in the season. Henry ate his asparagus without asking any questions. His mind told him that there must be some special reason for asparagus so early in the season. But he thought that perhaps Minerva was pleased about something. He himself couldn't think of anything to be pleased about. But he had learned in life and in the grain and feed business to take what came his way with gratitude and without asking too many questions. That old boat, said Minerva, down by the company wharf, it's still standing there in the mud. She was thinking of the curious longevity, even the quasi-immortality of things. That boat would still be there long after she was gone, still fairly sound and with children romping up and down the tilted deck. But to Henry, her remark seemed surprising. Why not? he asked. Why wouldn't it be? At the same time, he felt a pang of longing, not unfamiliar. For in his heart, Henry was a voyager. He had never been anywhere to speak of, but in his secret dreams, he traveled to many strange and faraway places. Ever since he could remember, the river had lured his heart to far-off towns and cities. Somewhere, around bend after bend, and under a different sky, lay St. Louis. And beyond that, New Orleans. When he thought of New Orleans, a warmth spread up through his body, into his mind. There was no telling what he would find if he ever got there. He loved his home and his wife, but there was nothing strange about them, like there was about Memphis or New Orleans. In the old days, said Henry wistfully, people traveled down the river on boats like that, all the way south, to the Gulf. Minerva lifted a stalk of asparagus to her mouth and then put it down again. She looked at it carefully and stirred it with her fork. How little she'd given Henry, she thought, or had been able to give of what he wanted most. You gave a man love, and asparagus, and kept his house for him. But how near did you get to his inmost heart? His inmost heart was a string of perch on a stick, or a new kind of crossbred cattle. It was a girl, or glory. It was a journey to New Orleans, on an old boat moored alongside a wharf. And again, she spoke about something else instead of what she was thinking about. What are my bonds worth, Henry? She asked. The Clinchfield Railroad ones? Henry looked up and blinked. He couldn't always follow Minerva, but he had learned not to let it exasperate him. About $10,000, he said. Why? She didn't know why, exactly. But that night in her bed, next to Henry's somehow shrunken and vulnerable form, Next to his absurd and plaintive snores, the thought took form in her for which she had been searching. She had ten thousand dollars, which she was going to leave to Henry, but she didn't want to leave it to him. No, she wanted to leave him something else, something that would be theirs together, like a first kiss or a child, only there was no child, and hadn't ever been. And now, of course, there couldn't ever be, not even an adopted one. Her heart ached for what she wanted to leave him. Oh, Henry, she thought.
wide awake in the darkness. Have I really been your one true love? I've had your comfort and you've had mine. Was that enough? With timid, inquisitive fingers, she explored her body in the darkness. That Judas body that had already betrayed her. It had never been a temple of delight, but there had been a time, at least, when it had been a part of the May, when springtime had been like marrow in its bones and fragrance in its flesh. Now its little life, which had seemed so endless once, was almost over, and soon that same marrow and flesh would be as cold and dry as last year's cornstalk in the ground. She felt her eyes fill with tears of sudden fright and pity. There had been so little to rejoice over. There was so little to remember, to take with her into the waiting dark, to keep her warm through the first freezing rains. She tried to think of all those who had gone before her, her mother and her father.